Welcome listeners to episode 46 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to a runner out of Brisbane who recently debuted over the marathon distance on the Gold Coast, running an impressive 2 hours, 17 minutes and 43 seconds. Welcome to the Running Guy podcast, Louis McAfee. How you going, mate? Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Nah, mate, really looking forward to it. Good to have you on the pod. Look, we're going to break down the race a little bit further, more into detail as the discussion goes on. Just briefly, what are your overall thoughts about uh, about your first marathon? Yeah, I was um, I was really happy with it. Obviously, um, being on the coast, I uh, lived there for three years and then just moved back to Brisbane. So it was like a, a really hometown feel. Um, so, yeah, there's heaps of people on the course. I, um, I had my immediate family and then my extended family all throughout the course as well which was I think something that I probably won't get again unless I do the the Gold Coast so that was really good and yeah time-wise well well place-wise I was really happy with it I think it probably looked better than it was just because there weren't that many international people came over this year but yeah time-wise I, I was looking for a little bit more but that's why um why I do the sport and i um, hoping to do another couple and try and get my time down a fair bit so you would have run the 10 and a half a couple of times over the years yeah I think the first one I did was um 2014 and I've run every year since 10k have you have you won the 10k before you've been on the podium a couple of times haven't you yeah, I was third in uh, 2017, I think, to okay. um, another Sydney runner, Matty Hudson. He was second. All right, let's go back a bit, find out about your running journey. Um, I think I I was uh, always into running. I always did school cross country. Funnily enough, my um, my mum was the PE teacher, and uh, she was a runner herself as well. So I I grew up around running and um she transitioned into iron man so i was uh, always around fit and healthy people when i was young so okay uh, originally the plan was to get into iron man but every time i go into the open water i, I freak out so <laughs> um okay. yeah so it shows the next best thing that i was good at and yeah i went to a a gps private school up here in brisbane and they were they're really good at getting the team environment right and um, especially where I was at it was it was just fun to be um, in the cross-country team which is kind of hard to come by in Australia and I um I did the first couple of years as a just running for fitness and running for um swimming training and and rugby training as well and I always thought I think I was maybe 12 or 13 I thought I could play for the wallabies and then i realized i wasn't going to grow so <laughs> i started to run seriously probably at the age of 16 i i started to specialize a little bit more and go down that path of getting a coach and running four or five days a week i interviewed uh, michael daly a couple of episodes ago and i mentioned to him he's quite solid for for a distance runner and he also said that he used to play a lot of rugby and his father actually played professional uh, football and that's where he sort of got those the big thighs the big legs from and then when i was i was looking at some picks doing my research for you and i thought he's pretty solid too so again there's that link to the rugby <laughs> yeah and for, well a couple of my um uncles played for 
Broncos and um, pretty high-level rugby league, but unfortunately my my dad was pretty small, so I got his uh, height when I was playing rugby, and um, I definitely didn't have his skill level. I was pretty rubbish by the end of it. You mentioned your mum. Yeah, she she won the Gold Coast Marathon in 87, mate, so you got to give a bit of kudos there. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I was I was having a look there because we'll get into it later. But yeah, you're a teacher, and I saw in '87 a teacher from Miami won the uh, Gold Coast Marathon, Laurie Adams. So there you go. And there was an interesting link there, a uh, story there about a 13-year-old kid from Adelaide. He was the youngest person to ever break three hours. So he ran 2:56 at the age of 13. Jeez, <laughs> that's that insane. is flying. Oh no, and it says it's that was his fourth Gold Coast Marathon when he was 13. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> So, Bradley, if you're out there, mate, good job, mate. Don't know if you're up to these days, Bradley Reynolds, but that's that's a good effort, mate. Back to your mum, Jeanette. Um, did, you said Iron Man. Did she end up making it over to the Worlds in, in Kona? Yeah, she she actually went over there five times. So, wow, that's um, unreal, yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I think in 2001 I went over there um, yeah, okay. as a five-year-old, and then um, wow, yeah. I ended up going to college in America, and then she made it in 2016, so I went over there. Really good to go back and, I, I guess, uh, bring light to the memories that I had because I, I didn't have many, but I, sure. I certainly had yeah. a few and that was good to know um, where those places were. It's a great spectacle. I was over there in 93 to watch Mark Allen win his uh, final Ironman. So, yeah, that no, was great. I was I, I did Ironman for years, but, yeah, I was never good enough to make it to the Worlds. But, um, yeah, it's a good sport. I, I loved it. It's um, good. Was um, that the one where they had that um, the iron race with... Mark Allen, Dave Scott. That oh, was right. um, that was '89. But yeah, the Iron Race in '89. Yeah, it's a it's a legend that one. All right, moving back to running. Let, let's run through your PBs, mate. Let's start with 800 meters up there in Brizzy in March 2019. 155.65. Sounds about right. I think um, yep. I think that was our state champs, and okay. I um, came in there with pretty high hopes and pretty. Uh, I was in what I thought was good shape, and uh, I was. I started the first 100 and I was probably 60 metres behind the whole race. Yep. Um, so it was, it was good to get uh, knocked down a peg. Pretty hard race. So you're 25 now, is that right? Or Yeah, turning 26 in 26. One okay, so you're yeah, okay, roughly 22, 23. Bit of context for listeners. Same year, 2019, October, later on in the year, up there at Bridgie again, finishing fourth in the 1,500 metres in 3.46.81s. That's your PB. That's not a bad PB for the 1,500. Yeah, um, we always have a race in, uh, called the UQ Classic um, in November every year, and uh, it's always the University bring... of Queensland, is it? Or yeah, that's it. Yeah, yep. yep. um, and it brings up all of uh, the Melbourne Track Club boys and whoever wants to chase a paycheck because it's it's around the time of the Noosa Bolt. It's always a really good early season hit out. A year earlier. Up there in Bridgie again, February 2018, 3,000 metres in 8.10.26. Yeah, I actually, uh, this year ran 8.03, but because go. it was on the sunny coast, <laughs> it, it wasn't put on the World Athletics because it was a silver label meet. So, gotcha. But yeah, 8.03, 8.10, not really, uh, there's not much of a difference there. Ah, oh, look, you take the seven any day, mate. 8.03, <laughs> for sure. Uh, you're not going to give that up. All right, no. mate, 5,000 metres. Mate, this was good because it was also a national title. You picked up there at the Sydney Track Classic in uh, 2021 last year. So you ran 13.49.09. That's a nice run. Yeah, there's a little bit of context to that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, I, I ran that whole race probably out of anger. Um, that was um, Tokyo Trials, I think. 
yeah, it would have been last year. So I went down there thinking that I'd be in the A race because my time would have got me in the A race every other year. And then um, because I had a bad Zatapec race, yeah, I was put in the B race. And so I was pretty angry that I was put in the B race. So myself and a guy called Riley Cox just um, went to the front and tried to time trial the whole thing. And it, it ended up with a really nice PB, I think. Nice. That was like an 11-second PB. And Riley, did he stay with you? Or? Yeah, yeah, he was there the whole time. Okay. Uh, I Honestly, <laughs> I don't think I would have won. I just, um, yeah, sometimes you find something in the last on the last lap. So that day I was lucky, but other days he would be lucky over me. Nothing like that. National title, mate. 10,000 metres. <clears throat> this was a good Zatapec. Looking, looking at history of Zatapec, we might talk about those later. But again, 2019, 28-51-11. Tell us about that night. Yeah, that was a really good day. Uh, it was when they had the Super Shoes legal on the track, so I'm really lucky that they uh, didn't asterisk that one. Or um, yeah, okay, yep. I might it might be a different story, but just that night in general for athletics, I think really special. They had Stewie broke the 10k um, Australian record, and the girls ran really really quick. And I think all of the guys in that A race were in under 30 minutes. So that's it shows how much depth there is in Australian athletics. It's really uh, it's awesome to see that. And I was just lucky again that um, that the pace was on from the start. And I think that's um, how I run my best races, go from the gun. No, I remember that night. It was a special night for sure. The, the crowd coming in on, on the track there must be something special in the closing laps. Yeah, it is. And um yeah, it's really I think it's I think they could do even more with it, but um yeah, yep. it, it's something to look at for um for other races. All right, 3000 meter civil chase, March 2020 up there in Brizzy. You ran 91062. I'm not really much of a steeple chaser. I I just um put myself in a race that I wanted to be uncomfortable in and um I certainly got that. Like uh, I did a couple of pacing jobs for um, Maddie Clark and Ben Buckingham when they came up to Brisbane, and uh, there's a couple of videos where people have commented on how shocking my form is and okay. how you actually need to be a steeplechaser or mm. a good hurdler to be a yep. steeplechaser. So I might um, have to retire the hurdles for a while and practice my technique. It just looks awkward. It just looks like you really got to get those steps right. Yeah, I like the idea of it. Like, I like being a little bit of a mongrel on the track, and, and I think that that race you definitely can be. But, um, yeah, there's some technique. 5K Noosa Bolt, 2019-14-09. Yeah, that was a really, really good day. Third, or oh no, a second, one, a second in 2019 and then third in 2021, and I ran the same time. But um, yep. it's just a really nice weekend. Really good for Queenslanders. Yeah, I've been up there a couple of times to watch it. Yeah, it's just exciting to watch. I just love the atmosphere and and uh, you know there's always a huge crowd and it's just it's just a good place to be that time of year. Everyone's just festive and happy and and healthy yeah. and yeah, it's it's a magic spot. 10k on the road, 29.50 up on the Goldie, 2017. Yeah, I, I would like to rewrite that one. Okay. It was an awesome day, like for the age that I was and and where I was at with my running. Uh, coming, I. That was the year that I came back from America and I was um, back and forth whether or not I was going to keep running and um, that going under 30 minutes for a distance runner is always a really good feat and that was the first day that I did that and so it just gave me that little bit of belief that um, I wasn't just doing it for no reason. 
All right, half marathon up there on the sunny coast, 2019, finishing in second spot with a 64.14. That's probably one of the ones where I'm, I mean, every time you run a PB, you're really proud and you think mm. it's the best you can ever run. But um, something about that race, I never thought, I, I had a really good string of races and I think the next week I did at um, City to Surf. So, or maybe it was the week, anyway, wherever it was, um, I did really well there and then, it was one of those um, like moments, I guess, uh, like I was saying before, where um, you, I look back on when I was 16 and 17, and I wasn't that good as a junior, so I look back and think, shit, I've actually like, I can actually run fairly well. So that, yeah, it was one of those days where I, I felt I was, yeah, pretty happy with it. Yeah, it was on the 4th of August, so City Surf would have been a week later. What what time did you run down there? I think it was 40, 41, 45. Wow, so that would have been on the podium, surely. Yeah, that was third. So that was yeah. that year I went down, I beat um, Ed Goddard. We ran together for 13K and then and then he dropped off a little bit at the end and I was pretty thankful that he did because I was <laughs> gas going into Bondi. Three months early before that, you'd, um, you won the Noosa half in 66.30. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I always love going up to Noosa and racing because it's such a nice place and a, um, always a good weekend. So did that this year as well in prep for the Goldie Marathon and it worked out pretty well. Let's move the discussion back to the marathon and sort of race day. I noticed back in April you raced the National 5K in Sydney running 14.13, which is a bit of a crawl for a run of your ability. So let's, yeah. let's talk about what happened then and then we can talk about the build from that time onwards for the marathon. Yeah, I um I was coming off my first um, term as a teacher, and so like the case with a lot of teachers is like the last week of school, I just get run down, and because um, I'm marking, and then I've I've got so much adrenaline, I guess, going through the body, and then when you finally release all of that, you um just feel run down, tired, and when I feel run down, I always get cold sores, and I had like three or four that week, and I. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a, a um, death march, and from from like 2k in, I was off the back. I remember being um, 800 meters in, and I had lactic like it was the fourth k. Just yeah, one of those like uh, races where <laughs> you question everything that you do, <laughs> but um, yeah, like. Those races only make me a little bit more motivated. Yeah, there's. I don't. I'm never gonna make excuses for um, that or, or like publicly post about the lead up. A race is a race, and if you didn't do well on it, then um, who cares? Yeah. Um, but. And you'll yeah, always finish it. You'll never. Point. You'll never step off. You'll always just go. Look, I'm just not having a good day, but I'm gonna finish it. Um, I have stepped off before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's been, yeah, been a couple of times, uh, maybe, uh, I think once. Um, but yeah, I thought that there was something seriously wrong there and yeah. Okay. More, more the body wasn't once. right biomechanically rather than you just thought oh, I've just, just haven't got it today. I'm just going to pull the pin. Yeah. So that was actually last year when we were doing state cross country and, um, we were in and out of lockdown all the time and I think, being in the position that I'm in, um, I yeah, I don't um, love making like excuses or anything, but um, because I'm 
at a level where I've got to put in every day to get the result that I want, but I'm not at a level where I am good enough to get paid. It's I struggled with that last year. And I think it just crept up and crept up and ended up having a panic attack on the course just because it was just underlying for so long. And because we were in the situation that we were in with COVID, I also hadn't finished my degree. So, yeah, there was a a little bit more at play there. Um, But, yeah, I learned from that. And then I've definitely got a, a different mindset on running this year that I think has helped. Um me perform especially in the um last couple of months is that more just learning learning to love it again rather than the need that you all want to make a living out of it is it more that i work as a teacher and i'm an elite runner maybe that's the way it's going to be yeah yeah Yeah. i love um i love running and i never wanted to lose the fact that i love it so i I think went into damage control once that happened to try and figure out how can I do it sustainably. And yeah, this is the way that I can think of that I can do it sustainably. So yeah, it was just getting back to that, why I actually, why I enjoy it and how I can enjoy it. All right, let's talk about the marathon build. Were you getting a lot of feedback from other runners or you sort of had a rough idea where you had to go with it? What would your volume look like? Were you working on progression? Were there key sessions that you wanted to nail before the day to know you were shape? Or how did it sort of unfold? Were you confident? Were you still sort of scratching, working things out? <laughs> um, yeah. I, so it was my second build technically, but because oh, Gold Coast that's... didn't go ahead last year, uh, it was my – yeah, so I did that whole build um, and then it got cancelled. But I – I did things pretty differently this year because I was uh, well. I've got a coach down the coast, and living in Brisbane, I I didn't want to leave him because um, he's just been uh, a great help for me, and I I couldn't imagine going anywhere else just because um, he knows me better than sometimes I know me, and um, he. Yeah, it's a really good resource and um, I think the best thing about this build was we we're both really willing to learn and adapt um, because he hadn't coached that many people to um, to do marathons at the sort of pace that I was doing at. He was learning and, yeah, I was learning how to actually <laughs> handle the volume. So I was hitting maybe 100 and 60k a week for for seven or eight weeks um so like if you look at other runners nothing special i don't think i can do the same as a lot of other runners just because i um i get sick fairly easily yeah so doing that higher mileage stuff suits some people but it doesn't necessarily suit everyone else and i think the way that i train is a little bit differently we all do the same stuff yeah i just i did everything by myself like session wise um i was doing a session on tuesday friday and then um a long run on sunday and um so yeah it was a normal normal build i would say how many doubles were you doing and had you increased your doubles or you'd increased the length of, of your runs to get that mileage up and how how much had your mileage increased for that build compared to what you'd normally do over the years? 
Yeah, I hit probably 150, 140 on a regular basis. So yeah. to go to 160 wasn't that bad. And I think next build I can probably hit 170 comfortably. It was just the session volumes were a lot longer. So I um, I was doubling um, three or four times a week. My Wednesday run was a little bit longer. And yeah, obviously my Sunday run was longer. But I just tried to do the three sessions at marathon pace or, oh no, sorry, two sessions at marathon pace so that I could get used to it. And then on Sunday, I just ran easy for two and a half hours or um, some sometimes like two hours 40 just to get used to being out there for so long. Yeah, Tim, yeah. Um, I chatted to Tim Vincent yesterday, obviously a good friend of yours and, and training colleague. He's getting the uh, the program sent up to Brizzy and just drives down on a Saturday. So are you the same deal? You're sort of running off a program and then just head down the Goldie on the weekends? Yeah, that's exactly it. And, yep, okay. um, we'd like to do a lot more stuff together, but just the, um, our schedules are fairly um, different. So I never actually... Uh, get to spend much time with Tim, which is unfortunate. You used to work and, and live down the Gold Coast years ago? Yeah. Uh, so for the last three years or before this year, I worked at the boarding house um, at a school in Southport and then um, trained down there. So the move to head back to Brizzy was for what reason? Completely work-related, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I just found a job here and uh, <laughs> that was it. And how did that impact on your training? Um I think for the first couple of weeks, it was hard to adjust and get right. So I, I coach the kids that um, are at school cross country and that was a little bit more full on than I was expecting. So really, really rewarding work and I love doing it. And it's it's not work, but um, fitting that in as well as doing my own runs, I just needed to get up earlier. So yeah, it, it just took a little bit to get used to, and I think the tiredness took a little bit to get used to, but I'm a teacher. I don't have any complaints. I still get 14 weeks of holiday a year. You're normally early to bed, early to rise? Yeah, I'm, I sleep a fair bit. Like, I, I'd probably get, on average, nine or ten hours of sleep a day. Um, wow, okay. And, yep. yeah, so... Is that just, I mean, you mentioned you get sick a bit, so obviously the immune system may be getting compromised. So the sleep is more about the recovery to keep that immune system strong? Yeah, and I, I try and do like a either a Saturday or a Sunday sleep in just because I know I'm up early during the week all the time. All right, let's talk about the marathon, mate. What was the plan with, with your pacing, your strategy? Uh, you, you mentioned you wanted to go a little bit quicker. Did you, what, were you thinking of 2.14, 2.15 or how did it sort of unfold? Yeah, we. I wanted to run 2.15. All the sessions that I was doing in the lead-up probably suggested that I could run 3.12s, which is 2.15. Um, but, yeah, there was a pacer um, for 67.30, and uh, that was the original plan, and then that got pushed back to 68 minutes, and then, unfortunately, the pacer, um, he did something to his calf at 11K, so um, he had to pull out so it was just on the three of us for well so i ran with a guy called jacob cox and nick earl i ran uh, so jacob ran away from us at about 12k 
I didn't want to go with him. I, I don't wear a watch when I race um, because I, I, uh, I don't, I don't like feedback um, because yeah, I just I figure like all the feedback that I'm going to give myself when I'm under stress and under pressure is usually negative, and that's a good thing in a way. But sometimes it can just play on your mind, so I'd rather go without feedback and just dial into how I'm feeling. So. Um, in training, if if you're going out and you you may wear your watch in in training, but you reckon you can pick your your pace that were like say you're going to go and I'm going to run one hour at three fifteens. You reckon you can get that pretty easily without without the watch. You can tune in that well. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a pretty yeah. good judge of pace. I think that probably shows that I don't go quick enough, <laughs> but. Yeah, I've always been that way. So yeah. no, that's good. That's good. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Jacob ran away, and you were just running naked, as as we say, without the watch. So you were feeling pretty confident with, with your effort, with your output. You thought, okay, this is good. This is my marathon pace. Like, was there any times where you thought, oh, it's starting to bite me, or you were pretty confident? I was confident until probably 38, 39k, and it yep. was just a feeling of fatigue, like extreme fatigue. So. Yeah, I um nothing tightening up. It was just the body was had nothing left. Pretty much, yeah. My yeah. my hips were pretty sore. Um, like and... tightening up. Yeah. Like you're losing your your stride, like your gait. Was it just tightening up, or they were like sore when you hit the ground? Sore when I hit the ground. Yeah. So okay. like, I, it just felt like I had um I had dead legs in my hips, and I could feel like exactly where that was. Okay, so you finished fourth. Yeah. Third place was up the road by a minute or so. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I think he finished in two fifteen, like fifty eight or whatever. Yeah, that was the Belgian runner, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he's pretty stoked with that. And what about behind you? How, how, how? I guess what I'm trying to work out is how much of that final part of the marathon did you run by yourself? Because there was no coverage, mate. <laughs> they, they show they showed the yeah, Belgian finish, and then yeah, we didn't see any of you, mate. So I went back today to have a look, but yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. I mean, the race is at the front. I'll try and be up there next time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I ran until 30k by myself, and I caught Jacob, and then Jacob dropped off at 35, and then there was a guy, Sammy Gebra Michael, who got fifth and i passed him at like 42k so okay. we were going around the um pool and uh yeah he he just he looked really unwell um i felt sorry for him but he was i think he finished in 218 on the dot how deep do they pay up there i got there was they pay to fifth Okay. So, um, right. okay. you get money for being Oceana top three. So I was first one over the line for that. A lot less um, than it was before COVID. <laughs> oh, okay. What about your um your fuel? How'd you go with that? What were you doing out there? To be honest, I, I thought it went pretty well. I, I actually, before the day, I had taken my most gels in a session would have been two. Uh, I just... It's something I really want to work on and something that I need to work on. I just have no um, proper guidance or anything. So I had a bottle or a gel in my hand from 13K to 30. Um, So in that space, I had five 
gels, and about halfway I had a drink mix, yep. which was unreal at that stage. And, and I had so I shook up a um, a Red Bull to try and get all the fuse out of it to try and use that at like 34k, and <laughs> it was shocking. Yeah. I I opened it and it fizzed everywhere, and I got yeah. one sip, and it was just all this carbonation in my stomach, and I <laughs> just threw it out. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So, so you had your five gels before you had the the liquid calories. I think so. I had yeah. two. Well, how were you um, trying then, to space them out every so many k's, or are you running off time like twenty minute gaps? So I didn't take one until thirteen, and yep. then I went every seven after that. So um, yeah, okay. that was my thinking was. 13 would be around like 45 or 50 minutes and yep. then every half an hour after that that yep. was my thinking and um, you are you having them with with water from the stop or? yeah absolutely so yep. we, we were allowed to have um our own drinks yep. so i just got those poppers from iga the ones that um they use in school like uh in primary school and filled them up with water and you have no issues with the stomach like you, you take on those pretty well and your body absorbs them pretty well, no issues? Yeah, I was pretty lucky, I think. Okay, that's good. <laughs> now, I saw you wearing the um, the Swiss made shoe on. Now, are you like an ambassador or are you getting some sort of help? Yeah, I'm a sponsored athlete, so okay. I get help from, from on. Um, they've recently set up like a no-shoe, well, not recently, in 2017. They came down under and they've been building ever since. Is it a marathon-specific shoe or is it just a race shoe? Yeah, it's a marathon-specific shoe. So okay. um, they they came out with their version of the 4% and that's what it is. Um, okay, so it's a plated shoe? Yeah, yep. And they've got a second one coming out. Well, it's already out in um, Europe, but it is coming out here soon. So it, it's actually – I would – and. I've always said this, and that's why I wear them, but I prefer them over the other shoes because I like a firmer shoe. The It's just a more comfortable um, shoe for me. I don't okay. know. I, I've always liked them. Yeah, because they make trail shoes as well these days, don't they? They're sort of covering all the grounds. It's your normal casual sneakers. and Yeah, their casual stuff is so nice, but um, I think anything the Swiss do, I, I'll always jump on board because they're pretty smart people. You mentioned before over in the US, so what, you spent a couple of years in the college system back in about, what was it, 15, 16, around that time? Yeah, so I went over in 2014 and I came back at the end of uh, 2016, so it was about three years. And that was in New Mexico? Um, in Boise, Idaho, which is uh, the state across from, well, it's northwest from New Mexico. So tell us about that. How did that all come about and how did it all work out? It um, eventuated because I, the one of the um, guys I knew from Brisbane, he had gone over to a place called Iowa State. He'd really enjoyed it, and I've seen other people like uh, I saw Pat Tiernan go over there and um, thought it looked really cool. And um, my coach was actually retiring, so he said to me and another guy that I trained with, I reckon you should go over to America because we were doing pretty well over here um, and there just wasn't any push in Queensland running. So he just said it'd be, it'd be better for you to go over there and um, learn about running. And so we did that. 
I spent three years over there. I didn't finish my degree. It was um, the first year was really good. Being in a dorm situation, um, it was something going on every minute of the day, which is you never really get homesick. But um, the last two years of it, and I'm pretty open about it. Um, like I, I would never discourage someone to go because I think it teaches you so much independence and um, it teaches you what the real world is away from your parents, which is an awesome thing to learn at, at 17, 18. But for me, I just saw myself going down. Uh, I don't know if <laughs> basically I just saw myself. Yeah. I, I, I've, found myself trying to um i'm not a very big personality and i think um there were so many big personalities in the school that or in in our team in particular that i was trying to be someone that i wasn't and um i just didn't want to keep having to um pretend to be someone that i wasn't so i came home um i knew i wanted to run um, and I knew that if I kept kept doing what I was doing, that I was going to be burnt out. So, yeah, made the decision to come home and um, have loved it. So when you're there, what sort of events were you doing, like track, cross-country, the normal drill? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was a lot better at cross-country than I was on the track. Um, yeah. We we got into the national meet So um, when I was in my second year over there. Yeah, so it was a really good running experience. So when you came back, yeah, great to be home, back in Queensland, and you had to sort of find find your rhythm again with, with running. Was there a bit of a pause there or you just like that? It must have been taken a while to sort of figure out where you wanted to go next or you you had it sussed? No, I, I took a very long time to figure it out. Um, I So the last six months that I was over there, I had a stress fracture and um, I... <laughs> I had a stress fracture and they said to me, um, you can take three days off and then you can start doing a walk to run program um, and we'll try and get you back for the end of the cross country season. And I just thought, what is like, what is the point of this? Um, is this a stress in the foot? Um, in the shin. So it okay. was actually in an area where it doesn't get much blood flow. It was like the top of the shin. I'm not a physio or anything, but I know that if the um, bone doesn't get much blood flow, then it takes longer to heal. So, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I just didn't agree with a lot of the stuff that, that they were doing. And so when I came back, I knew I wanted to run, but didn't know how and and I didn't want to be in that semi-professional, I guess, environment where it's all result based and um, there's you're almost blind blindsided. So I took a while to figure out what I wanted to do and that's exactly why I went down to be coached by Jacko because in my opinion I think he's got it sorted out fairly well. He just sort of looks at running as let's call it like a, a holistic approach. You know, like more about we're running, but it's more than just the run. It's it's basically what it's giving you and what you're getting from it, the the social side, the friends, the environment. 
sort of looking at you know without that tunnel about just it's all about splits and 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 getting better yeah exactly and um i think for him he's more interested in if he has people that he coaches that are good blokes rather than good runners so um yeah he might not get the the cream of the crop but um if they can come out of training with him and be a good person then i think he would probably be happy with that yeah it's definitely better energy to be around when you're in that environment for sure and yeah. it's, it's just going to build better runners and clearly there's some good runners coming out of that group at the moment like yourself and, and tim and that so it's certainly working isn't it yeah it's it's really pleasing to see especially over the last two years because i've seen how hard tim and another guy we run with liam who have just put their heads down and we also run with another guy jordo mclennan who's just um i think he went 30 minutes in the 10k so it's really good to see those guys get some wins because um it was looking pretty bare there for a while yeah what's liam's surname Uden. now i was looking on youtube and you know obviously when i go researching find out as much info as i for these i saw <laughs> yeah. um youtube and it was done there by <laughs> another louis Louis J. Hatfield, he calls himself. Definitely for the listeners, I'm going to put some uh, links in the description below, guys. Go over and have a squeeze, have a look. There's a couple of good videos there, one of of, of Louis and uh, one of Tim, but obviously of lots of other runners. But, yeah, this guy's doing some some good professional videos, so check out his um, channel and subscribe. But, yeah, what's that all about? What's uh, what's the story with Louis? Um, he did a, a video for Runner's Tribe a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so um, he... They were doing like those workout any day videos um, and Louis put his hand up and did a, a video of our group. And then, um, yeah, last year he wanted to get better at doing the short films and he's doing so well with that at the moment. And so he came down the coast and asked if I wanted to do it and um, if Tim wanted to do it and we're both... <laughs> fairly private people so i didn't know what he wanted to um to get across to everyone but hopefully mm. it worked yeah no no it's good he's he's out, he was just over the worlds wasn't he getting some footage for athletes australia is that right yeah yeah he's um his filming style is really amazing it's like um he almost like puts cycling into running and i think that's a really hard thing to do no unreal no guys check it out all right, let's um I just want to look at 2019. So again, doing my research, I'm I'm looking at, at patterns and trying to figure out what's going on with these runners and you can tell me different, but 2009 looked like it was a good year for you. So I'm just gonna run through some times there and um you can sort of tell me uh, why you feel if it was a, a good for you a year for you. So I already yep. mentioned your PB eight hundred meters at the Queensland Champs when you ran your one fifty five sixty five, then your fifteen hundred, three forty six eighty one. In the 3000, you won the Queensland Champs in 8.13.58 in early Feb. Then uh, two weeks later, you ran uh, 14 flat at the Sydney Track Classic for the 5000 that we mentioned. Then off to the Sunny Coast Half, and you run a PB, 64.14. Six weeks later, off to Adelaide for the Aussies. In the City to Bay 12K, you ran 35.02, finishing second. Up to Noosa in November, you already finished second in 14.09 that you mentioned. And then um, off to the Nationals, the Zatapec, where you ran that PB in 28.51. So on paper, it looks like a good year, mate. So was it a good year? And if it was, tell me why. <laughs> it was a great year. It was a really good year for my bank account as well. Sure. Uh, um, yeah, I um, 
I guess I just, I had a really good routine of dialing in and things are going well. I just started uh, uh, down the coast in um, living down there. So it made things easier for me to train down there and um, live down there and uh, had that autonomy of being down the coast. I think it's a really special place to be and hopefully I do um, end up back down there because it seemed to be more relaxed when I am down there. Yeah, it was probably no hard and fast answer, but I just was consistent. I really enjoyed my running and I put myself out there, I think. 2018 was a really big learning year. I, I was going to those races that you mentioned, but um, I would fall away at the end because I didn't think I could be there or I, um, I don't know, just had a, a mind blank when I was at the end of the races and I couldn't close anything out. And, um, yeah, those races, I just – I could close them out Um like I said, I had a really good consistent period and I, I also wasn't putting too much emphasis on it and I think that's when I run the best. When I was speaking to Tim, um, the listeners would have already heard that episode by now, but um, yeah, after, after we were just chatting and um, I said, oh, tell me something about Louis and uh, he said, look, the thing about Louis is you don't want to get him cranky. <laughs> if, he's, if, he's, if he's sort of uh, feeling a little bit, um, hard done by or if he's just got some sort of motive to go into a race he uses that energy and he normally performs at his best so he just said you've just got this 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 fire in you that if you're a bit cranky or upset about something that's when you'll perform your best so so for those runners who are probably going to be up against Louie the next six months just get him laughing before a race and you might be able to get him don't make him cranky <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh probably not my best side but um yeah i think it i'm not that ashamed of it i like the fact that i've got a little bit of grunt in me and i think i can use that are you coming down to sydney on the weekend for the for the sydney town i'm gonna do the city to surf okay um, yeah, right, yeah. yeah i would um i'm i'm looking forward to watching it i think it'll be a really good race was that a tough choice between the because uh, city surf the same day as the um aussie half something on the sunny coast isn't it yeah i uh, my brother and sister live in Sydney, so I, I, any chance I can get to yeah. go down there, I'll take. Um, and yeah. I, I love that course. Yeah, yeah it's um, pretty special to run through Sydney and have have the roads to yourself. You wouldn't be ready to run the Sydney 10 this weekend anyway, would you? Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> no I've, uh, I, uh, I ended up in hospital um, two days after the Goldie with Rabdo. So um, it's What's when that? you're... It's, it's when your um, muscles produce too much potassium, wow. um, basically. Okay. So it's like severe dehydration. And, and I still am um, not running more than like 30 to 40 minutes a day because I've just got a really weird pain in my side. So I'm hoping that clears up. So um, what was the symptoms that made you have to go to hospital? Oh, felt like I was going to die. <laughs> no, I uh, I couldn't breathe really well and I had fevers like like 40 degrees I think my body temperature was. Um, so how soon after the race like 4 or 5 hours or That was like 2 days. Oh, 2 um, days after the race that this started happening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't um don't know why but Wow. And have you done your research like has, have you heard anyone else this has happened to before or the doctors say yeah but 
you know, this can happen to athletes who get dehydrated or? Yeah, it's fairly common. The weird thing is, is it's common in um in CrossFit. So it's weird that I would have had it, but I guess like just exerting yourself and probably not hydrating the way that I should have been hydrating that night. All right, so what's the next 12 months look like then as far as your running goals and sort of racing goes? Are you, I mean, you mentioned there before about maybe not becoming a professional runner, but surely you would like to maybe pick up an Aussie singlet somewhere? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's um, every runner's dream to to do that. So um, Is Bathurst an option or...? But yeah, well, cross country is a really tough one to make just yeah, because yeah. everyone races. So yeah, like um, yeah. everyone from Stewie to Brett, yeah, it, it's a really hard team yeah. to make. Um, you'd you, think you, that, I think the selection race is down here at Stromlo. Yeah, would you come down and, and at least try and qualify? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'll put myself in anything. I've got no shame if I'm uh, feeling if I'm feeling fit or I'm at least running then I'll be on a start list somewhere I want to get my time my marathon time down I think um, I can definitely I'm hoping that I can um, shave a couple of minutes off so what would your next one be do you think would you wait for the well, goalie or you do one before that yeah I'm I'm thinking about doing one um, before that I'm just not 100% sure where or mm. when it's definitely on the cards to do one before the year's end. Uh, a really good quote from uh, Jack Rayner. I was talking to him and, and he said, uh, usually if you're talking about making a team, you're not going to make a team, which is, I think, really, uh, <laughs> I think it's good for me to know that. Um, but, yeah, as long as I can, for me, it is run as quick as I can possibly do it um, and, I think if that is an Australian singlet, then that would be awesome. You would definitely but, earn it because there are so many guys moving so well at the moment. Yeah, you know, which is great for distance running. But at the end of the day, it's just it's going to make everyone become a better runner because they just have to lift their game a little bit more. Yeah, and that's that's what I've um, had to do the last couple of years, which I've really enjoyed. Okay, Louie, look, that's a wrap, mate. Thanks heaps for giving me up some of your evening time to chat to us. All the best for the racing calendar. We'll be following along. Best of luck with the City to Surf, mate. Always a hot feel there. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll um, see if I can chat to as many of you guys before the gun goes off. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Probably need an extra two weeks, but, yeah, it's coming up in three, but it is what it is. Hopefully your, um, the pins have uh, recovered a little bit and um, condition you had that I can't remember the name of and I'm not going to even bother trying to repeat. Hopefully that settles <laughs> down, mate, and never comes back again. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Hopefully we can uh, catch up in person. Yeah, no, for sure, mate. I'll be looking for you. All right, thanks, thanks Louie. Thank you. Okay, bye, mate.